The Cups and Cakes Network presents Inside the Artist Studio. The interview you are about to hear was originally recorded on June 22nd, 2019 at the Sled Island Music Festival. To find out more about Cups and Cakes, visit them at cupsandcakespod.com. That's cups, the letter N, cakespod.com. What you're about to hear may contain filthy language and adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Motherhood is a self-described trio of deep-thinking rippers from Fredericton, New Brunswick, and released one of the best albums of the year so far. It's called Dear Bongo. We talked at Sled Island this past June about its loose conceptual structure and the ingenious way the band recycles and reuses hooks and narrative threads throughout the record. I almost break up the band, pitting them against each other in a rapid-fire questionnaire where disagreements about Billy Woods, the relative value of cake and pie, and Fredericton pizza joints all come to a head. At the end of the episode, we play one of my favorite tracks from Dear Bongo, titled Hallway, a labyrinthine rumination on learning to be okay with the world the way it is. Here's motherhood. Uh, my name's Penelope Stevens. I'm Bryden Crane. And I'm Adam Sipkema. <laughs> Very, like, measured pronunciation yeah. there. That was good. He's not trying to get his name mispronounced. A lot of telemarketers <laughs> out there. <laughs> this is how it's done, everybody. Uh, when did you guys get into town for sled? Yes, or Penny's been here since. I came on Wednesday. Yeah. I've been lapping it up, but the boys just came <laughs> on Friday. Okay. Uh, have you like gotten to much for shows yet? Then. Have you... Yeah, we've been around. Um, I've seen some really weird stuff. I saw Lubomir um, Melnick. Yeah, I was there for that too. Insane pianist, and then we saw William Bozinski last night, which was also insane, but in a different way. And some good rock shows. Yeah, we saw Oblivions. Oh, sick. Last night. Yeah, that was really cool. I've been a fan of their last record for a while. They didn't have the organ, of course, which I didn't know was going to be a thing, but they were good nonetheless. I didn't see anything because I didn't sleep before we flew out. And then I got up at four in the morning. And then I went and to bed. And he's got a toothache, too. Well, yeah. fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Brighton also <laughs> had no shape. headphones. No on the on flight. The plane, yeah. Amateur move, dude. <laughs> yeah. I was. I hit snooze too many times and then woke up to the text of our friend being like, hey, I'm outside. Who was driving us to the airport? Shout out to Luke Saunders. Yeah, Luke. Love, love you, Luke. dude. Cool hand. Yeah, because you guys would have had to. I was talking to Adam before. You guys would have had to leave like fucking super early. Yeah, it was. We, we left at five and then got to the airport. Or wait. I booked the flights, yeah. <laughs> and mine conveniently left at 4 p.m. Theirs left at 6 a.m. <laughs> nice. It's my little payback for all of the digs I've gotten over the years. Well, yeah, we're fresh off the show there that you guys did at, God, I can't remember the name of that venue, Broken City, the patio. Uh, you guys sound great, by the way. I didn't kind of talk to all you guys yet, Thanks. but Thank you. a super fun set. Uh I'm going to spend a lot of this talking about the record that you guys have out, uh, just honestly because I'm like super familiar with it and i got lots of questions, lots Perfect. of things I want to chat about. We're also pretty familiar with it. Yeah. <laughs> You've played it a few times, yeah. <laughs> given it a few spins. Uh, I guess right off the bat, just because you guys are fresh off that performance, like uh, the record's really interesting because it is 
like conceptual in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, how do you guys go about making set lists to kind of uh, respect the fact that those songs mean something in the order of the track listing, but also that they have to be like functionally good live? You ask a really tough uh, question there, Sean. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Straight out the gates with the tough stuff, dude. We talk like about it. set like lists it. a lot. Like, yeah, we don't change our set list very often. Like, we will play, you know, slight variations, but we really spend a lot of time when we're about to go on a tour creating a set that makes a lot of sense live. I think Dear Bongo is, like, not as much of a rock album as we are live. Like, we're a fun rock and roll band live, so we try and uh, do that so that people can enjoy it and not feel so uh, exhausted by the heavy content or whatever. So it's a lot about, like how it flows for an audience to just be able to have a good time and not be like, whoa, this is conceptual art. (laughs) Which is much different than making a track list for an album. Like, the show has to flow in a different way. Like, the energy has to... You know, you have to be conscious of where are the high points and where are the more mellow points. Yeah. And you don't want to leave... Or, I mean, I guess it's specific to everybody, but, like... We never want to leave on a like mellow note. Like you want to get everyone hyped up for the next thing that's going to happen, right? Right. So, yeah, I think a lot of our maybe our favorite songs are in our eyes our best songs. We don't play very often live. Um, well, obviously not entirely true, but they just don't fit into like a bar rock and roll setting. So right. It's like okay, well let's leave those for the people that liked the set and listened to the album. They'll get to experience that. But live, it's like. You just want to have a fun time if you're out at a bar or today on a patio in the sun. Like you, you just want to have fun. Right. And we have to consider the logistics of uh, bringing keys. Penny plays like an eight right. key piano, which is heavy as fuck. Oh, it's heavy. It's so heavy <laughs> in both ways. And like even the small, <laughs> the smaller one is sixty kilograms. So like, just like the logistics of if you're playing a house show, like right. where what room you're playing in like are we going to be able to bring these if we're traveling long distances and we have to fly are we going to have a keyboard available like the show that we just played yeah there was no keys but we don't want that show to suffer because of that right so yeah it's something that we talk about a whole lot do you guys tend to i guess then like workshop set lists like that before you head out on tours oh yeah Big time. Like yeah, we've got we'll like practice big, them in order. Right. Yeah, we've got like chunks of songs that kind of live together live that don't live together on albums, but live we always kind of play them in in a certain set or in a certain order, and then we can kind of just move those chunks around. But yeah, at, before going on tour, there's a lot of like strategy, I guess. Gotcha. Also, I totally like flew past this, but what kind of keyboard is? that heavy like are you playing oh like God, a Wurlitzer? Thank you so much for asking. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when I went to university I graduated in three years instead of four but I had four years worth of student loans so I dropped basically a year's tuition on two keyboards and paid Long McQuaid in cash and walked out and it was awesome. I could never afford them otherwise but I have a, a Nord Piano 88 and okay. then an Electro 3 and I also play a micro cork sometimes. Oh okay. So they, they're heavy. They're also <laughs> in these really heavy cases Right. So that they don't get banged up. up. Yeah. Yeah. So, like... I can't lift. I can't lift the big one. Like, I mean, the small one in the case would be. I I as measured. Heavy as I weighed it at the airport, and it was sixty kilograms. Yeah. And the big one is probably eighty kilos. So it's like that's a. Like you're anyway. probably sixty kilograms. 
don't talk about my weight. <laughs> How much do you weigh, Oh my god, stop it. <laughs> uh, I just watched that episode of The Office when they're all trying to lose weight and Pam steps off and they weigh again and they're all calculating how much Pam weighs. Anyway, sorry. That being said, though, you guys have been uh, kind of out of your hometown a pretty significant amount uh, this year, have you not? Yeah, we did, uh, we did six weeks in the States, just kind of going across the top half and we were home for two weeks and then we went to the UK for two weeks and then it's been about a month since then yeah okay yeah. so we've been playing and then we've got a little bit of a break we're only playing a few shows in the summer um we like to be home in the summer because it's really beautiful in New Brunswick right. and it's pretty horrible in the winter so we try and be home as much as we can when it's nice to be there how, how do you guys because uh, I mean the way that I tend to think of it is that everybody who tours thinks of the touring part as the work part and then the rest of it as like the time that you get to do things that you kind of appreciate doing a bit more uh, yes. all that to say like what is the kind of dominant way that you guys are like working on stuff while you're not touring mm-hmm. we kind of do everything in chunks like we're on tour and then we're writing and then we're recording and then we're on tour so we don't we don't really write on the road or do anything new. When we're on the road, we're, we're doing what we've rehearsed and right. are prepared to do. It's it's pretty like, you know, we'll tour as late as November, but then November to March is like almost exclusively writing um, and then recording in the spring and touring in the late spring to the fall. Right. I like being on tour, though. <laughs> I find that the kind of person I am just kind of thrives in a van. <laughs> <laughs> Special guy. <laughs> Not being left to my own devices ever. And, uh, you know, just yeah. playing shows. You only have one thing that you have to worry about, really. Or, I guess, driving and playing the shows. And I can handle that. Yeah, the driving's probably kind of nice, though. Like, I've always enjoyed that kind of thing. Yeah. Nah. We're lucky we share the load, so... Uh, like, we often run into bands who say, like, ah, like I, wish, I wish we all drove. Yeah, Sadly, one driver or, like... One. Or like bad drivers that you don't trust or whatever. Like we're all pretty decent drivers with like we've had our moments, but like whatever, we can pretty much split it. Yeah. And we all have specialties and stuff, you know. Right. Adam drives in the big city. He's our New York driver and he is like a see this guy in New York. Oh my god, it's so amazing. (laughs) Sticking his hands out the window, hey I'm driving here. (laughs) Shit like that. I feel like Montreal is like just the worst city yeah. to drive in by a significant amount. I don't know if you guys have found that, but Bump. Montreal yeah. and Toronto is annoying too. When we driving. were in when we were in London, uh, I expected it to be a lot worse. But UK? people in the UK drive; uh, they're courteous, oh, okay. but they don't waste each other's time either. Right, and they're attentive, which is not something like coming back to Fredericton. I mean, I love Fredericton. It's a beautiful place. It's a great place to live. It's a we may place. have the worst drivers <laughs> I've ever yeah. seen. It's devastating after being in a big city and seeing people like know how to drive and they do their <laughs> job and they get in there and then you go to Fredericton and you get stopped in traffic at a merge to just get on the bridge with like so many lanes and so much space and people just are like, oh, it's okay, you go, you go. <laughs> it fills me with rage. These are pretty Fredericton specific jokes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they're loving them right just now. Just be prepared, <laughs> people out there listening, if you go to Fredericton, like it's <laughs> going to take you a lot okay. longer to get somewhere because people are too nice and it's horrible. 
horrible. Yeah. They're trying to be nice, but they're actually being dumb. pissing me off. How, how many people are in Fredericton? Like, how big of a city is it? It's about fifty thousand, right? Yeah, and okay. that's like the greater Fredericton area. Like, it's it, it, in a lot of ways, it, it kind of feels like a like a town, even though it's like it's the capital of New Brunswick. So. Right. Yeah, but like the downtown core. It's two streets. Yeah, and then there's like. The north side across the river is starting to build up a little bit, but uh, it's a very small town. Yeah, <laughs> moral of the story. But we love it. We like it that way. Yeah. Do, do you feel like you end up with kind of like a more interesting kind of like arts culture because it's smaller, surrounded by things that are like very, very small? If you know what I mean. Like, mm-hmm. like I'm from Saskatchewan. You're in Saskatoon. It's like 300,000 people, which is not like. Huge. Saskatoon's that big? Yeah. Whoa. It feels small. <laughs> I love the vibe of Saskatoon. Yeah. It reminded me of home in a strange way that I can't quite, I can't remember why <laughs> it did, but felt the same. Okay. I love that you asked this question because uh, it's like very specific to small towns. Um, I feel like in maybe in bigger cities, there's kind of like a, a windfall or there's like a movement. It's like, okay, everybody's playing with chorus pedals for right. these three years and now everybody's playing whatever, like post-Mets rock music. Okay. Right. But in small towns, like that doesn't happen. Like people are just doing whatever they want because there's no like, there's no formula or there's no path, you know? There's like right. very few um, people that come out of small towns that do really well. And in Fredericton, there's like, there's like two or three people that have actually been able to do well on the international scale. So people that are making music or art, just like there's no, there's no like method to the madness. So it right. gets really freaky. And there's like <laughs> everybody's doing something completely different, and it's uh, it's no, really it's like, diverse. If no one's paying attention, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, it's nice. Did you guys record the record there then? Like we recorded it in Saint John, which okay. is an hour away. Yeah. Gotcha damn i didn't like st john like new brunswick okay st john's newfoundland i was just like oh yeah what geography doesn't make sense (laughs) st john's about 45 minutes away so it's very handy we have a lot of good friends there and we recorded with uh cory bonavi of uh monopolized records he's great and it's just his living room that he's turned into a really great studio so we spent yeah close to two weeks there just like sleeping on the floor and waking up making breakfast and nice. making the record until we we're drunk enough to go to sleep and <laughs> carry on the next day uh so this i guess is a fairly good pivot point into talking about that record specifically uh which is called dear bongo i feel like i should just say that um uh why a concept record i guess like what draws you guys to that kind of method of throwing that stuff together we've always done that um, Every record is a concept record for yeah, us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's not not like it's not like it's the wall <laughs> where there's yeah. a story. Or bad out of hell. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like it's loose. It's a vague it's always a vague concept. And I mean for me that a lot of it came from just liking concept albums, but then also like MF Doom is one of my favorite musicians and he just exists in his own universe. Right. So that's kind of the way that I write lyrics. Yeah, that makes sense. So I don't know. It just makes it 
like lyric wise it makes it easier for me if i don't have to think of a new idea for every song (laughs) it's like if i could just build off this small idea from this song and make a whole other song or like repeat this part right i feel like it's weird when people don't I mean, I guess I motherhood like just is basically series of songs. You mean? Like, well, yeah, like motherhood's basically been. I mean, we've all played in other bands, but we grew up with this band, and the, like the the concept of a concept album right. has always been a thing. And it seems really weird to me when people put out records that are like, oh yeah, like we just kind of threw these songs, like this is from yeah. ten years ago, and this is right now, and we're just putting right. them all together. Like it seems like a really weird way to present. Like an album is a form of of like presentation, and it's like why. I don't know. It just seems like it makes sense that it has to be cohesive in one thing. Right. So, like, lyrically it happens, and then, you know, sonically it happens, and we're, you know, there's, like, repeating patterns and forms musically that will get carried through different songs. But it's, like, I don't know. I feel like it's really weird when you don't do that. <laughs> yeah, it almost feels like a B-Sides compilation or something. Like, yeah, it's like a just compilation. Just like, oh, we swept the floor, and here's the here's the new record. Right. Here Which is exactly. like, not to say that our way is better or anything. It's just, it, it's like, well, even doesn't really be cute. Baby Teeth didn't really have a story, per se, but it would be like, you know, repeating musical parts and different right. songs, which is a I don't know, like portmanteaus and 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 son- like sonically you can, you can have similar yeah you know instrumentation and right well yeah. lots of ways to do I, would you consider those concept albums like I don't know I, I think there's something about like all of those records have a certain kind of like vocabulary and it's like kind of a sterile word but the idea of saying like they're they're like studies right in specific sure. sounds that's, when, that's, like, a, that's a good way of describing it yeah vocabulary. I've, um, I am the only person in the band that took like classical training or whatever. Like I'm a huh. trained piano player. Um, Brian took huh. one semester I of guitar. School. Yeah. <laughs> nice. But just like, those concepts of <laughs> those concepts of like suites or um, like sonatinas and stuff like that, where it's like right. okay, there's three pieces, but it's all one thing. And so we have that um, way down on Dear Bongo is basically a sonatina in a way. Like there's there's a presentation that's uh, you know it's presented in the first piece and then right. there's a development of that concept and then it kind of returns in the third and it's like not that we're doing that intentionally but I think those those modes of creating are um, maybe not used as much in rock music and yeah. it's, why not like they're cool it's cool so when uh, in the kind of writing process do you start to kind of figure out like oh like I think this is kind of like what this record is and you can kind of start like gunning for a specific target as opposed to just like writing, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, that's a good question. It it doesn't come. It's, it's gradual. N- yeah, it's not like we're just like, all right, we're gonna write a record about this. Right. I think our musical process is kind of like a concentric s- circle, like a spiral. Yeah. So we just like start. We everyone has ideas and stuff, and then Bryden will uh, like the more lyrics he. he um, puts to the music like the more the, the yeah the more it tightens and then eventually when we kind of have a cohesive idea of what is happening like we and we can all kind of describe it in a similar way then we put the like bells and whistles on then we right. put the layers on and then we kind of have so it's kind of a how would you describe it? 
I feel, honestly awesome. feel like, what is that thing? It's like a sacred, you know, the like circle thing that's math and it's like Leonardo da Vinci and the... Oh, the circle. Oh yeah, the circle. <laughs> yeah, it's that. <laughs> uh, do you guys end up with then like material that kind of just gets rejected because it doesn't fit, if you know what I mean? Hardly ever. Okay, that's interesting. We kind of make we it squeeze fit. it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there is, there are a few songs that just never quite like we would bang our heads against the wall because we, when we write, we go into the studio, we may have ideas or lyrics or whatever, and go in with that. But oftentimes, we're going in with nothing and just like spending hours just like making noise and then right. pulling pieces apart. So there is, I mean, there's fragments that don't get used, but generally, like we try and get into a space that makes sense for all of us and to be on the same page and then what's created out of that yeah is it's useful. more like an idea won't get used right where it's like all right like one of us had this idea that we we want to make it work and i can't think of what that the world song yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's one song we were working on this thing oh. for so long and we we all wanted it to happen but it just we yeah. didn't agree on where the one was in the in the beat. We all had different <laughs> conceptions of how the rhythm went, so it made it impossible to write, and uh, we had to throw it away. Yeah, but it wouldn't be like That's a full song. Right. It's just like non-classical training. We work on ideas, <laughs> and, then, and then we bring the ideas together right. when they're, you know. It's not a terribly cohesive. efficient process, and sometimes <laughs> all. I get really jealous of bands who are just like you know um yeah we, we had a, five songs off the record or like <laughs> we, we had a practice and we we wrote a we wrote a new song the one practice and yeah how do you do that yeah i remember being like blown away when i was starting to write music and uh i was like 15 or 16 really into the red hot chili peppers um of course because um, you're a 15 or 16 year old boy um <laughs> But looking at like pages, Wikipedia pages for like albums, and it's like they wrote sixty songs and they cut forty-five of them. Yeah, uh, crazy. Yeah, crazy. I, but how good were those forty-five songs? They probably <laughs> yeah, Those ones aren't coming out anytime yeah. soon. Uh, Thankfully, the world doesn't need to hear everything that's created. I don't think. I think the the biggest concept of motherhood is edit. Right. Like that's the thing about the band is. No idea is going to be perfect when you first think of it. And even if it is, you still got to try the other stuff, even if you come back to the original thing. Like, right. But yeah, editing is so important. And I think it's a kind con- I don't know. Think of how awful <laughs> I think, most I mean, books different- would be with no editing. Yeah, like. exactly. But like, but then you look at someone like Jack Kerouac. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. there, are always, there are always exceptions to everything. Yeah, like, I mean, there's different ways to make music, but for right. us, it, we're heavy on the editing. I really feel like we could talk about this concept for so so long. Yeah. I'm sorry. Do you have other questions that you want to ask us? Because like we could just go. Yeah, off no, this about is this is my shit. I've been because I'm I've been working on kind of finishing up a record, and so you think a lot about uh, yeah. editing, particularly, yeah. and, and how kind of you shape. Uh, songs from kind of them being, you know, little demos to being, like, yeah, complete. Uh, so yeah, interesting conversation. It's easy to write a song and be excited that you wrote the song, right? And be like, but wow, does this it is suck? Great. Yeah, <laughs> but does it suck? So that's why it's nice to have two other people who will tell you <laughs> it sucks if it, needs, if it needs more work. Or like, not say it sucks, but it's like I think we could do this or this right. better. 
I feel like in our recording process too, like we all have different levels of intelligence of like, like I'm the first one to get bored of recording. Like right. I love recording, but maybe it has something to do with like laying the bed tracks down. And I just, I kind of turn yeah. into a brat and I'm just like, does this really need like an extra layer? Cause he's done. And sometimes first, I get right? my way because I kind of like minimalism. Right. At, like in my core, but then like, they'll fight me on it we just fight each other on little things and i think so like the our end product is is a result of a lot of uh fight conflict <laughs> not con- but discussion mostly but like <laughs> yeah but i mean <laughs> like i know a lot you, of discussion yeah, yeah, yeah. is based around yeah i guess conflicting it is ideas. Yeah. but it's and like it's, how how much do you believe in this idea <laughs> right because yeah, yeah. you will yeah. be challenged you have to stick to your guns <laughs> Uh, I guess to uh, just to kind of wrap things up on the kind of music half of this talk, uh, the other kind of big thing that's interesting to me about that record is uh, not like quotes necessarily. Again, like I'm coming from like a vaguely jazz background, so I think of those things as quotes, but like uh, Way Down has like the big Beach Boy section and the circle being broken uh, at the end of the first track. I guess why add stuff like that and what purpose do you guys think that it serves within the context of the rest of the record? I was going through a huge Beach Boys phase when we were writing this record. Me too. <laughs> and uh, while we were writing the record? Yeah, exactly <laughs> the same time. <laughs> That's crazy, man. Uh, yeah, so basically that song, I was like, I just want to write a fucking Beach Boys song. Right. And then... We did. Yeah. But like, like a, a we're all Beach a Boys. compressed version. Yeah. Right. With like a, like kind of a more like punk influence yeah. to it. Like well, I, yeah. Yeah. Something quick, something snappy, but very like, yeah. But it's like knowing that like, like knowing that whatever motherhood did, no matter how hard we were trying to imitate the Beach Boys, right. it's not going to be the Beach Boys. Yeah, it's still going to sound wish. like motherhood. Yeah, unfortunately. Unfortunately but, for everyone. So it's just like I feel like I can rip this band off <laughs> as much as I want, and we can do all the layers of all the harmonies that they do. Right. And it's still like people are going to get the reference, but it's not going to be like, oh, this sounds like. You know, right. whatever specific Beach Boys yeah. song. There's also no need to reinvent the wheel. If someone's done something right. so perfectly, it's like, okay, well, like, they've already done exactly what we needed to do for this song. So, like, let's just do that. Let's, like, not, you know, right. mess around too much. I yeah. guess, because Costanza does that, too, just in yeah. that it is a different, like, I'm not familiar with the cramps in any way at all. And I found that out, like, Well, today. it was, <laughs> the cramps were covering it, too. Right, yeah. Charlie Feathers, yeah, original. He's he's the guy we're paying to put that song in. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we have to pay him dead. like five cents for every play. <laughs> Breaking the bank. <laughs> or yeah. not five cents for every play. That would be yeah. insane because we would only get point zero zero five cents we get, like, from negative. Spotify we, anyway. We get negative in the whole. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's important to wear your influences on your sleeve, For and, sure. which is something that we do. Like we all love Frank Zappa because he he did that, but he uh, almost to this to the point of parody. Right. But it's like like I don't know being uh, impersonated by Frank's band was like 
in a way, like the highest form of compliment. Right. And also the biggest insult of all time. <laughs> no, exactly. but I think, I think he did love the stuff that he yeah, yeah. made fun of, or he was, I don't know, making a comment, but like... We right. could talk about Frank Zappa all day. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. And we don't... I mean, yes, I think no. our I think our biggest influences, we don't wear on our sleeves as much, but like... Sure. Like but maybe cr- I don't is that because we don't that much, it? but right. I do love that song <laughs> so much. And then the May the Circle Be Unbroken is just like we, I don't we know, all we're all fans in, of country music and right. like gospel music. We all grew music. up in religious yeah. kind of homes, so it's like a little bit of a I've been homage that to our heritage. Was, you know, yeah, literally a baby. And I don't know. Yeah, I was, trying like, to, I was trying to figure out if that was a sample or if that was just recorded. and then We recorded through. it with our friends, oh, okay. the Hypochondriacs, nice. who are also from Fredericton. And, they're and who like, are also touring, touring Alberta right now. Oh, yeah, they're, they? yeah, they're out here right now. Love you guys. Uh, with that, we'll probably move on to the second half of things here. Just to warn you, we don't have much to say about anything that's not music. <laughs> it is not okay. specifically related to our band. It'll go quiet in here. <laughs> Uh, cool. Uh, right off the bat, I guess, uh, what are you pumped to see its lead? Uh, no. <laughs> this is the hardest question. Uh, we're going to see BB tonight. Yeah. Uh, okay. We're friends of our friends and now currently our friends also. And that's cool. Year Isn't of Glad is beautiful. Year of Glad? Year of Glad's playing tonight. Mm-hmm. Wangled oh. Teb. Old friend, yeah. Wangled Teb. He's from Fredericton. Fredericton. Uh... It's hard to make, it's hard to like plan at a festival that's this incredible because you miss so much stuff. So you just, I just kind of like link up with people that have a plan and I go with them. Yeah. I mean, it was so sick to see Mujahideen. They played a great set. They were great. Yeah. And absolutely love those guys. Milk was really good. I'd never seen them before. Really like that. Yeah. I had reviewed one of their records whenever that came out in this past year but yeah it's did you really give it a tree at a 10 how rapid fire is this exactly <laughs> yeah we're, uh, we're doing okay <laughs> um, uh, coffee or tea coffee. coffee that was instant wow uh, cake or pie cake pie pie what <laughs> dude I what quit. the heck <laughs> Are we allowed to swear on this? I've been trying to censor myself. <laughs> I think so. Oh, okay. Dude, what's the Pie, really? <laughs> okay, next question. <laughs> I'm upset. We'll talk I'm... about this afterwards. Uh, first car. I, I used to have a Toyota Sienna. It was my first and only car that wasn't a band vehicle, even though it was kind of a band vehicle. Yeah. And yeah, I used to live in the back of it outside of where Adam lived. And me, I lived there too. And, and, and then he lived. slept in our closet that was a recycling closet where uh, we put all the bottles. Nice. And then we cleared out the bottles. They went in my room. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> uh, I have my first car I still have, which is a 1987 Chrysler Town & Country station wagon. It's very beautiful. It's in the shop. It has been in the shop since I got it out of storage about a month ago. And I may never get to drive it this summer, but hopefully I will. And my first car I also still have is a dog shit. It sucks. <laughs> yeah, I, think, yeah, I think that car deserves some credit. I hate that but, car. But it's been running. It's been running. It's in the shop less than it your car. It just had a control <laughs> arm snap on it. I had to get that replaced. I got them both replaced, of course. And anyway, uh, I this hate it. This car sucks. But I, That's rude. You know how when you, you've had something for so long, they're just like, just one more. Just yeah. one more repair, you know? 
Yeah. <laughs> and then it'll, then it'll work for perfect. a little while. <laughs> yeah, anyway, I, the tires are pretty bald on it too, so I gotta get those switched. <laughs> uh, I grew up in my family with a 1977 Ford Pinto that oh. we bought for like a thousand bucks. Oh, and it what was a beautiful machine. These red bucket seats in the back. It was fucking awesome. <laughs> uh, weirdest job you've ever had. I currently work at a biotech company that... Uh, they squish bugs. We... we uh, they squish bugs. <laughs> That's all we I need to know. <laughs> yeah, we squish bugs. <laughs> no, no, no. My first job was at the Ponderosa Steakhouse, which is a buffet-style steakhouse okay. where you order your steak and then you get a buffet for free. And I worked there when I was 14. And it is the grossest food. And obviously it went out of business not long after. <laughs> I did a short stint working at a hot dog cart. Okay. From like, you know, I would go down to the bar in St. John when it was about to close. And then everybody would come out of the bar and I'd be there with the hot dogs. And right. I was the king of the friggin' boardwalk. <laughs> <laughs> I was also a pizza delivery driver for a while. That was mm, Greco. Not that weird, but great. <laughs> Three ten thirty thirty. It was a great eh? job. What? Yeah, Greco for life. I love Greco. Worst a lot of new Brunswick. <laughs> that's not true. It makes you feel so sick. That's but it's not so true good. either. You're just you're weak. The garlic fingers. You're out gluten of control. intolerant. <laughs> <laughs> Every okay, pizza makes you feel sick. <laughs> I know you, Greco was going to hit us up for a sponsorship, but fuck you, Greco. You make garbage pizza. What? <laughs> I would literally kick you out of the bed. Oh, okay. And now a commercial break so we can, can beat we the cut shit out of each want, other. I don't want Greco to ever hear that. <laughs> I grew up on that and I love it. They have the best sauce. It's like sweet. Donair sauce. Which is the thing that okay. a lot of people don't like, but yeah. I am very into. I do like the Greco Donair. That's why I like pie, dude. Like... <laughs> Fuck you, man. Right. Okay, sorry. Right. Next question. Next, Next question. question. <laughs> uh, best movie you've seen recently? I mostly watch TV shows. I've been watching The Sopranos, and it has completely uh, consumed my life. And I am on season six, and I've recently discovered, after decidedly not looking it up, because I didn't want to know how many seasons there were, and there's <laughs> six, and I'm on the last one. And it's nice. devastating. I don't watch movies, really. Yeah, we can do TV. This is an, ex an exact answer, but I saw Detective Pikachu recently, and it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't very good, <laughs> but it looked really cool. It, it wasn't was good. <laughs> what? I mean, like Lego Batman was pretty good. Yeah, Adam loves Lego Batman. <laughs> What's his favorite movie? It's a very subtle little nod there. Yeah, <laughs> Adam hates. <laughs> he hates everything we like. <laughs> we I just actually, hate yeah. that they like it. <laughs> Penny and I did genuinely love. The Lego, the Lego movie. movie. We watched it on the plane. The first. Yeah. Oh, I think that was actually Sled Island two years ago. Oh shoot. I'm pretty sure that we watched the Lego movie. I'm looking forward to the second one. Air Canada, thank you so much. Lego Batman was lame, <laughs> but the original Lego movie was good. Very was good. There. Yeah. Got some movies or TV? It's Lego Batman. It's his favorite movie. We answered for him. I watched. <laughs> I watched like 15 minutes of the. Uh, 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 first episode of the second season of the German TV series Dark. Have you heard of that? He's no, so wait, it's not TV. Anyway. Adam's so cool. Pretty good, though? I don't know. Oh, wait, I do have an answer. <laughs> okay. The That Rolling Thunder review movie that Scorsese put out. Oh, I saw that, too. Yeah. That was good. Yeah, Shit, Dylan, that's my that. answer, too. Oh, 
Dylan's the dude. I never saw it, but he always will be the dude. And yeah, it was really interesting. Uh, Sports or board games or video games? None of the above. Sports. Raptors. I kind of like that. What's that game where you uh, you put a headband thing on and then you put a little card on it? We that? always play that house or that game when we go to your house. I feel like I've only I have played the old that school at your version house. Version of it. Now you're supposed to use your phone and put your phone on your head, but you got to hold your phone up the whole time. Wait, no, that's a different game. That's for you. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, heads up. Yeah, I think. yeah, yeah. I have the uh, uh, actually analog this version uh, podcast is sponsored by Heads Up. Yeah, <laughs> and Heads Up fucking sucks. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> they make garbage up. pizza. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's probably true. Um, uh, we didn't go. Did we go through everybody for that? No, yeah, uh, we did. Board games. What did you say? I'm saying sports. All. I actually like, don't hate them all, but I used easier. to skateboard when simple. I was a kid. I like to shoot a basketball around sometimes. Oh, okay. His boyfriend likes like, to kick my ass at basketball last sure time does. we were in London. I like doing extreme sports because I'm very extreme. Yeah, well, like, <laughs> I only like snowboarding yeah, like and snowboard. wakeboarding and surfing, so. <laughs> she also is from. I'm also from Santa Cruz, California. <laughs> uh, if you could open for any band on the planet, uh, who would it be? Tom Waits. Deerhoof. Bob Dylan. Swanson. Oh, Tom Waits. I like that. That's a good one. Yeah. Opening but for Tom Waits would be like an experience, I feel like. My actual dream for motherhood is that someday we will be Tom Waits' backup band at a show. So if you're listening, Tom, you make garbage pizza. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you fucking rule. I can't even say it as a joke because I love that guy. Lately, a lot of our friends have been uh, playing with or uh, opening for Deerhoof, and Deerhoof is one of our favorite bands. It's a real kick in the teeth. It really hurts. <laughs> Why don't we get to do that? That's the only band that I'm nerdy about. I feel like it's the, actually, it's the only thing in my entire life that I'm nerdy about. I know a lot about that band, and I don't, <laughs> I don't know anything about anything else except that band, and if we never get to play with them, I will die very sad. Podcasts or radio? Podcasts. Podcasts. I get a neither. Well, what kind of, what kind of <laughs> radio look, are we talking yeah. about? That's true. I feel like, yeah, I mean... I got a little bit of a beef with the CBC. Uh, I really <laughs> like CBC. Actually, sorry, radio. No offense to you. I love Cups and Cakes, but... Sorry. Actually, yeah. I, 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 uh, I guess, like, best radio versus best podcast is... But we don't have that much good radio in Fredericton. Like, we have our That's university fair. station, which is good. Yeah. CHSR 97.9 FM. That's right. Awesome. Shout out to Bondo. Thank you for your support. And we got some stations that are, like, you know, holding down the stuff that people want to hear <laughs> yeah. every day of their life. Yeah. Forever. Forever. Yeah. We got, like, a kind of a decent blues station. But, like... It's not the same as like going to a big city and it's like, oh, you can just flip through and there's right. a channel on every single thing. Yeah. It's like we got we like, have like five. five. Yeah. I'm glad we could agree on that. Nice. <laughs> uh, is there an album that spurred your love of music? That's a Good tough one. Good cue, dude. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, no. No, I don't think so. Oh. I think I fell into playing music. I didn't. Being, being a band for me... I think the Akron family album, Love is Simple, was like the point at which I was like, oh, music can just be 
the funnest shit in the world. Like, right. And you can that do anything. So you can amazing. be as weird as you want. And like, you just make this thing that'll just last forever. That album is really incredible, actually. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, it probably changed my life a little bit. At least. Yeah. We got to meet one of the members of Akron family this year oh, cool. and try to play it very cool, but I was definitely crying inside. Yeah, I don't I. This sounds really cheesy to say, but I think I loved music before I can have memories of my life. Like. Oh my god. I know. I know. <laughs> You're so cool. I know. I'm so cool. But I get it. That makes that kind of makes sense. So like yeah. there's videos of me being a I've toddler, seen them. like I've seen them. Standing on a coffee table pretending to play guitar to my dad's like Christian blues tape. And like all my but first naked, favorite bands. About to get into the bathtub, singing into a bottle of shampoo. I've seen that video of Fry also. Nice. It's pretty that good. That was from last year. <laughs> yeah, I've got a couple bad uh, baby videos of me and Law and Order happening on TV. Being super <laughs> pumped about that. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. The Maybe you're supposed videos. to be a detective. Maybe you're supposed to be Ice T. <laughs> Wait, so it's- you telling me. <laughs> Uh, if you could choose to meet any of your musical idols, uh, would you choose to do that? And oh. also, I guess, who? Uh, I was standing next to uh, the drummer of Deerhoof, Greg Sonier, oh. and after thinking it over for a couple of seconds, I was like, do I really want to meet someone I admire so much and just feel like probably disappoint myself I just turned away Wait, I, think but I thought I did, you were talking about what but I okay. did yeah. meet Michael Jira in the bathroom <laughs> of Le Cirque in, uh, that's what I thought you were going to say in Quebec and I said uh, he was at the urinal and I was at the one next to him and he was wearing his big cowboy hat and it's just like you know magnificent uh, dude who I've admired for you know just musically uh, is just like an, has an impressive resume and stuff and, yeah, we just is very to... steadfast and like doesn't matter what anyone else is doing. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I said we uh, we drove a long way to come and see you guys. Like we're, I'm really excited for the set. And he was washing his hands and he turned to me and he said, "I'll try not to disappoint you." And they dried his hands and he walked out. <laughs> I was crushed. But that's why Adam didn't want to talk to Greg Sonia. <laughs> I also yeah. I met Greg Sonia at the back of Evolve, which is a really like druggy kind of like psychedelic rave festival in uh, the East Coast and I was only there by proxy and I met Greg Sonia backstage and I was so afraid I couldn't say anything and he was so lovely and he like just kind of talked to me like I was talking back to him but I was like (laughs) (laughs) the entire time it's so embarrassing to see other people as like non-human right or something elevated Super like human. they're just people it's so ridiculous yeah i do think of people that way i saw jughead and betty walk down the street right <laughs> in front of we were playing at salarosa in montreal and i was outside uh right before our set and they walked by me and i locked eyes with jughead and i will never forget it she melted into a pool <laughs> I was a fucking puddle. I couldn't even play the set. (laughs) I turned completely green. With envy. He he got out of the van ahead of time because he didn't help us park and went into the venue. And as a result, he missed seeing Jughead and Betty. Wow, dude. I didn't know you were on blast. Wow, dude. Yeah, I didn't know I was on (laughs) a nice little Saturday blast either. (laughs) But uh, I haven't actually answered your question. 
I'm going to say Joanna Newsom. Would love to meet her. I think she would have a lot of great things to say. MF Doom. I mean, I'm going to go back now to things I've already said, but Doom, <laughs> Tom Waits, yeah. Bob Dylan. Nice. But I think Joanna... Joni Mitchell. Maybe. Oh, yeah. Joanna is, is up there. It's hard because she's Top a... Five. She would be the youngest one of that group. But she's a goddess. Like, you can't... You can't talk to her. I don't know. I, I wouldn't. I couldn't say anything to her. Really? I think I she, couldn't even like look at her. I don't think in the eyes. Like no, it would, no, no. It would she's burn chill. me. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I think she's cool. down to earth. I think she would. Ha- I'm sure she is, but like my personal apprehensions. Well, that's on you. Extreme dude. admiration would prevent me from even like addressing her directly. I, well, I feel like this question is like if you got the chance to sit down with someone. This question right. wasn't supposed to take this long to answer. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Actually, I have more names. Uh, Adam Sandler. <laughs> like Chevy Chase. <laughs> uh, Steve Martin plays a mean banjo. Amy Schumer or what? Yeah, of course. <laughs> why not? I want to ask her why everyone thinks she's a sex comedian. <laughs> why does everyone think that? Uh, what is your most recent uh, recent musical obsession? I've been reading the Joni Mitchell biography and also listening to a lot of Joni Mitchell, and it's absolutely devastating. It's hurting me, personally. I think Adam and I have this same one, which is okay, the three, new... Two, one. All right. Billy Woods. The new Billy Woods <laughs> album. <laughs> Wait, the, let's, do, let's try it again. Nah, fuck it. <laughs> the new Billy Woods album is... It's so good. It sounds yeah. so good, and it's so it's so unique. Like, yeah, he's an amazing writer. And then Kenny Seagal or Seagal or something did all the beats for this ah, album. Okay. Who I didn't know about before, but great producer. Okay. And it's just like dark, but not. You know, there's always a little bit of a funny edge yeah. to it. A little bit. It's funny because we've listened to this in the van many times, and I hate it. <laughs> I guess that's not funny. Is it you funny? hate it? I'm not sure. I hate it. I really hate Billy Woods, and they put it on every time, and I just like shut my mouth, but I really hate it. I'm surprised, because generally... <laughs> I just shut my mouth. Generally, that's not your stance on music you don't like. I hate it. <laughs> all right. And he doesn't like to feel like she's being yelled at. I don't, and that's all he does. He just yells at you the whole time. He's not yelling at you. <laughs> Get over yourself. <laughs> we got one question left. All right, I don't think we can handle it. it. <laughs> You're about to break up the band. Really uh, all right, quiet really on gone. set. Okay, sorry. Uh, actually, that's an easy one. Local recommendations. Bands from Fredericton. You guys were super oh, down with. Check out friggin' Hard Charger. Hard Charger rips the hardest. Yeah, Hard Charger. Uh, Janowski. Janowski. Incredible. Weingold Tib, who we mentioned earlier. New Brunswick's best and perhaps only breakcore producer mm-hmm. of all time, and probably into the future as well. Uh, who else? There's like a lot of good music has come out of Fredericton. Yeah. Oh, the, again, the hypochondriacs. Yeah. They're they're coming through this area. Are, are they? They're around right they're now. They're around. I'm they're sure. in Alberta. Oh, okay. I think they're in maybe. This probably isn't going to be They're coming out today, like, though, right? North no. County Fair or something. <laughs> yeah, is check that them a thing? out North if you County like Fair? country, rockabilly stuff. Like, check them out. Nice. Cool. Uh, well, that just about uh, wraps things up. Uh, we usually end things off. You guys can pick a track that you guys want to kind of promote and play on the show. Of all time or one of ours? Well, one of yours. <laughs> um, uh, so it can't be Billy Woods. No! <laughs> 
Uh, what do you think? Hallway? Yeah. Okay, yeah. we're gonna play Hallway. Sick. By yeah. Motherhood, which is us. You wanna say something about the track at all? Uh, it's the last song on the album. Reps it. Oh, yeah, I guess there's a reprise after, but. It was the last one we recorded. Uh, yeah. When we were recording, we were. Um, we'd finished, we'd like mixed some stuff down, and like we were trying to order the songs, trying to see what, what made the most sense. Okay. And then we all agreed there was a song missing that hadn't been written. Gotcha. <laughs> or recorded, so. Uh, yeah, cool. we, we had to come back and this was the song that just tied it all together, you know? Nice. The bow around the little package that is yeah. Dear Bonga. It's a good track. I ate all of your grapes. I'm really sorry. Not Every my single grapes. one. Okay. All good. <laughs> cool. Uh, cool. Well, thank you guys so much for coming in. Thanks, Thanks. for chatting. Uh, thank you. Have a good time at the festival. You too. Thanks, Sean.
don't you? Cups and Cakes Presents is produced by Sean Newton. The feature track was played with permission from Motherhood. Undercurrents from Atlantis Jazz Ensemble's album Oceanic Suite is the background music throughout the entire episode. Oceanic Suite is available through Ottawa's Marlowe Records. Find out more at marlowerecords.com. Inside the Artist Studio is one of many ways the Cups and Cakes Network highlights Canadian music. Visit our website, cupsandcakespod.com, to browse our audio, video, and written content. That's cups, the letter N, cakespod.com. Thanks for listening.